the Monetary Policy Committee uh, arriving at an outcome there, 25 basis points or 0.25%, which might mean you and me, credit active consumers, might be paying a lot more for our installments. Uh, We're going to be talking about that in some of the six-month numbers that have come out from retailers AVI and Truett's. Uh, joining me on the line to take a look at uh, these stories, joined by co-founder out at Satana Capital, Kanyan Zululeka. Kanya, good evening. Welcome. Evening, Aya. I hope you're well. I'm very well, um, albeit suffering from the heat wave, but I'm good. Indeed, indeed. I, I hope you have some lights because Aquafan, there's no aircon in a heat wave like this uh, without those lights, unless you have a manual you know, fan, uh, I don't know if those still exist. But that being said, uh, Kanya, let's take a look at the latest coming out of the Monetary Policy Committee um, earlier on today. 25 basis points. Consensus from many was that uh, we'd probably get a half a percentage point coming in rather than uh, a quarter of a percentage point. What do you make of this outcome? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, people who were close to the expectations will be very relieved that it is at least 25 basis points. Uh, however, I think I speak for all South Africans when I say that, you know, no increase would have been great, um, considering everything that's happening in the country at the moment. Um, but yeah, coming in with a 25 basis points increase, um, very interesting breakdown in the votes of the NPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had two who actually wanted the 50 basis points. I'm quite grateful um, that that didn't actually prevail. But yeah, um, not great news for credit active um, consumers, mm-hmm. like you said, but I think that just for broader South Africans as a whole, um, this is definitely going to have a trickle-down effect um, you know, on, on everyone, whether you are credit active or not. Yeah. You know, often the Monetary Policy Committee statements give us a sense of the Reserve Bank's outlook on the South African economy as well. And I found it interesting what they said over the medium term, uh, their forecasts of where GDP is going to be. um, And by extension, I guess, where demand uh, conditions will be takes into account high levels of load shedding, modest household spending, some investment. uh, Well, I guess modest household spending and investment. Uh, so they expect investment not to be as strong. Um, uh, still positive, but they will revise it downwards uh, due to weaker confidence and lower expected growth. And they also expect uh, commodity prices to decline and have um, a dampener on our exports there. Um, and uh, yeah, what, what do you make of some of the other um, you know, uh, signals that the governor gave us about some of the assumptions that they are making which underpin this particular decision? Yeah, so I, I think that, you know... Um You've already mentioned some of the things that came up in the report. You know, your decline in commodity prices. Um, you know, they also mentioned the ongoing unrest, um, you know, between Russia and Ukraine. Um, and really, um, you know, they seem to be taking the position of saying that if you look at your other countries, such as the USA and the UK, which, by the way, seem to be more than likely heading into recession, um, they are the central banks of those countries are still taking the position of saying that we're still going to be quite aggressive with our monetary policy. Um, so there seems to be, you know, them taking an indication or a signal from that. And just generally the expectation that with load shedding, there is going to be quite a lot of pressure on inflation. So it's quite a restrictive uh, monetary policy, you know, direction that has been taken. Um, we do wonder if it won't actually have unintended consequences down the line. Mm. Like I've already mentioned, our GDP, you know, really isn't doing great. At the moment, they've forecasted it to be 0.3%, uh, which is basically nothing. Um, so we do wonder if, you know, there won't be any unintended consequences in the future, 
there definitely will be, in my view, um, a rate cut pretty soon. Um, there has to be because I don't think that it will be sustainable um, to go forward at um, at this pace. Mm. But I guess it seems much of the signal is also being taken from the monetary policy decisions of the uh, Federal Reserve in the United States. I mean, we've seen mm. them tapering some of their... Uh, aggressive contractionary monetary policy and uh, it seems our central bank following suit as well yeah um so you you would have seen that you know some of the inflation results from the u.s coming in you know lower than expected in, in recent times um so they do seem to you know be tapering it down however um the market doesn't seem to be expecting you know the right the the rate hikes to continue. So there's still a lot of, you know, buoyance within the market. And, you know, I was just reading up on another article where, you know, the expert is basically saying that because of this, the Fed might actually still continue with those rate hikes, despite the slowing growth in the United States. Um, so it seems as though consumers around the world are in for a bit of pain. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, this is something that we will be able to, to come out of pretty soon. Price stability is important. However, it's also important to just consider, you know, the growth prospects of the country. Mm, mm. And, you know, I guess the, the other element of um, this is, is the impact that this is likely to have. I mean, we've certainly seen many of the, um, you know, uh, firms who benefit from higher interest rates or uh, a rapid increases in interest rates in quick succession, being the banks in particular. Um, mm. You know, w- what impact might this have on banking stocks um, and expectations of shareholders insofar as uh, a share price appreciation there? So I do think it definitely will be great for them. Um, you know, it, it's obviously quite positive, you know, to the interest margin. Um, yeah, so I, I think that they can definitely ex- expect um, a lot of joy coming out of this. However, I always ask myself the question of what is the downstream impact when you have all these accounts receivables on your book where people might actually end up defaulting. Uh, however, we know that from a South African perspective, our banking industry, they're quite strict when it comes to credit lending policies. So they may find that you know they might not be so impacted by any forms of default or the like. Uh, but it's really great for the banks not so great for companies who have a lot of debt sitting on their book at the moment. Um, and, you know, you will see that as well in some of the results that came out today. Hmm. And then let's shift our attention to the world of retail. Uh, we certainly have seen, um, you know, uh, retail trade data coming through from StatsSA and uh, more and more data will come out of the retail sector over the next while uh, for the last six months or the last few months of uh, 2022. And we saw earlier on today, trading statement coming through from AVI. These are the guys who give us uh, Lanthric, Lacoste, Spitz, Cavella, um, Trinco T, INJ. I mean, uh, quite a disparate set of brands here. But um, yeah, they've come out uh, saying, you know, the trading environment was challenged by load shedding. Of course, much better than the six last six months of 2021, which coincided with the July uh, unrest. But um, they've had to invest in backup power, and uh, this has certainly come at considerable capital cost for them. Yeah, so um, AVI did come out with their results today. Uh, definitely not shared by the market. Share price was down 2.72%. Um, and really, you know, the, the results were not that impressive. Like you've already mentioned, they've spoken about the impact of load shedding um, and really, the INJ division did not do well at all. Um, the group revenue was up 7.2% compared to the prior year. 
Um, however, the INJ revenue was down 2.3%. And there, there's also the impact of Chinese lockdowns, um, the impact of, you know, the, the sales mix, the impact of higher diesel costs for their fleet. Mm. Um, so they didn't have a lot of joy, um, you know, in this play that we are looking at, that load shedding impact, um, adding about 22 million to their operating costs. Um, so yeah, I mean, guys who, who seem to, to, to be really suffering, however, they did find some joy when it came to their fashion retail brand portfolio, um, which performed um, quite resiliently. Well, expectedly. I mean, I, I would think that uh, the festive season certainly is always the time, you know, Tangaloa, Abandwani, Mbatlaze Christmas, and uh, I've certainly um, seen many decked out in some of the brands that AVI would have. Um, so, I mean, was that festive number as compared to, say, December of 2021 or around November, December of 2021, you know, uh, much closer to pre-COVID levels um, or, or are we still very far from that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's definitely, you know, much closer. And it's actually um, quite interesting for me because if you look at AVI, it's quite interesting to see that when it comes to the other divisions, the snacks, the beverages, um, you know, operating profits increased. They were completely muted. Um, and they, w- they didn't even, like, give numbers on that. However, the f- fashion retail brand, they had a revenue um, uplift, well, um, the fashion retail portfolio lifted revenue by 17.4%. So it seems as though, you know, to your point, people are saying we're going to choose our joy, you know. Um, you know, the groceries and all that other stuff, we'll make a plan later, but for the moment, we're just going to stick to, you know, what gives us joy at this moment. And, and then, you know, I, I guess the other element of uh, these numbers that I found very interesting, and uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. INJ, um, probably one of the more sort of larger operational parts of their business, if I can call it that way. A lot of dynamics involved there, you know, warehousing, you know, trawlers that go out at sea, go and, you know, catch the stuff, it's processed, and then subsequently, of course, all of the cold chains associated with that. Probably a much more complex supply chain than maybe, say, the supply chain for for for, for some of the tea products uh, that uh, they would sell. Um, and they had some tough going there. I mean, I would expect a lot of the capital investments are large there. They complained about the diesel for many of the ships that go out to go and fish. Uh, but also one of the big complaints they had was the sales mix for Abalone, or what is known as Barla Moon, uh, to many. Uh, and of course, the key markets for that, China and Hong Kong. And uh, we know those markets have been under very, very strict lockdown restrictions. Mm, yeah, so um, as you mentioned, Aya, the, the lockdowns in China did have a very negative impact on the INJ business. And like you said, it's, it's, it's quite an intricate and sensitive process, as you can imagine. Um, you know, the fishing, having to make sure that everything is kept fresh, um, you know, the logistics are quite involved. So, yeah, it's, it's something that is quite unfortunate. Um, but, you know, hopefully in the next couple of, you know, quarters they'll be able to, you know, regain some ground, which should be possible given the fact that, you know, Chinese economic growth is looking a bit more positive um, compared to the USA and the UK. Um, so some of the things, they're totally out of their control. Um, your fossil fuel prices out of their control. Um, the impact of COVID out of their control. And I'm sure that, you know, management looking forward are going to be looking for ways in which they can actually cut down costs and manage those things that that are in their control to better prepare them for these um, external shocks. Mm. 
Yeah, it's uh, certainly one that's going to be, um, you know, uh, all of these operating cost pressures that they are confronted with, certainly not unique to them because we see the same in uh, the numbers uh, for the six months through to the 1st of uh, January coming through from Truett. Yeah, um, so Truett's also coming out uh, with uh, a bit of a, a trading update, there's much more upbeat, much more positive. Mm. The market's cheering it as well. The share price was up by 4.17% today. And really, it's due to that really good increase, um, you know, in divisional performance across the board through its Africa, as well as the UK-based brand of office. Um, they both hitting um, revenue uplift of over 13%. So they're having a bit more joy. Um, you know, if you have a look at their EPS, their earnings per share estimation, it's between 11% and 14%. Mm. So they've performed very well in this environment. And it really does tie into the story that we just discussed now with AVI, where their fashion portfolio is doing really well. And through it, we're seeing a similar thing where yeah. people um, are really just, you know, putting their, their joy and how they look, um, you know, first. Mm. Um, very interesting, if you drill down into the numbers, a lot of those sales coming on credit. Yeah, 70%. Um, that, yeah, yeah, so that's for the Truist Africa Group. Um, I'm sorry, the Truist Division. Mm. So over 70% on account. Um, but they did flag, obviously, knowing that that will raise a lot of red flags. They flagged in their updates that they have very stringent credit controls. Um, and, you know, so from their perspective, they feel very comfortable that the consumer that they service, which, you know, is more middle income, will be able, you know, to, to, to cover the cost off the credit as well as repay, um, you know, what has actually been outlaid. Yeah, and they would probably benefit, I guess, uh, be one of the entities alongside the banks would benefit from, uh, you know, uh, increasing interest rate environment. Definitely, exactly. Mm. And, then, and then I guess the other thing I'm quite interested in when it comes to Truett, how did that UK operation office uh, come in? So the UK operation is also doing good. Um, so their revenue up by 13.6%. Um, you know, they seem have a lot of their sales being driven by e-commerce, mm. which is a bit different when you look at the Truett's Africa trend. Um, their online sales did go up by 50%, but still only contributing 3%. Um, but from an office perspective, the UK-based um, you know, segment, they're doing well there in terms of you know, um, pushing through e-commerce. Um, and, you know, they also mentioned that from their perspective, they also know that the increase in the uplift is also as a result of everything coming from a low base. Um, you know, last year, things were still being quite heavily influenced by COVID and so forth. Um, but still, it's still quite impressive um, performance. And it seems as though they're hitting all the right notes with the fashionistas. Then last one, the short sellers are back. And, uh, yeah, I remember... The covering the Viceroy matter as they looked into Steinhoff. They even went for, you know, Capfin and uh, some of the Peps entities at some stage. Now it's the Adani group and uh, a different set of short sellers who are coming for them here. It's a group called Hindenburg Research. And uh, yeah, they've uh, put out a report titled Adani Group, how the world's third largest richest man uh, is pulling the largest con in corporate history. And uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I want us to pause here just for a second and take a quick spot break. But when we come back, 
Let's unpack this. I mean, uh, the Adani Group is certainly not an inconsequential firm. Second largest cement maker in India. They operate SEZs. They operate a few airports and um, on concession, I think, for 50 years to modernize those in India. Uh, you know, they're in energy. Uh, they have power plants. You know, they Everywhere. have, I mean, effectively, massively they diversified players. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy. So we'll come back to that after this brief break. It's the wrap of the top business stories out in the markets. And of course, uh, yeah, many of you have expectedly agitated. And, uh, you know, I tweeted earlier on uh, that at least, man, you know, 25 basis points, 0.25 percent, like funny. Uh, we're maybe expecting about 50%. A lot of you come, yeah, I've come in for a lot of flack, I must say. Monday, some people are saying, ay, 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 And, uh, yeah, Bandile, they're saying, according to your colors, your and at the end of the day, umdu, magabulele, that they can buy groceries and service their debts. And, uh, yeah, many, I guess, agreeing with that assessment. Nomtanda Zolomisa saying, yeah, na yeah, uh, fun. It could have been worse. Could have been worse uh, because I know hey, yeah, 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 yeah. that team there in the MPC has been, you know, they've, they've been trigger happy in the last while. I mean, think of how many, you know, certainly the first time I've been following this to see a 75 basis points, three quarters of a percentage point in one sitting. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's something else. Lindan Joman is saying good if you have savings to benefit from. The rate hike is bad if you have debt. And a lot of us are falling into this bucket. Tempis on Tlapa saying, these guys are burying us alive. Pella, these hikes have come in thick and fast. We can't even breathe. And uh, yeah, Dr. Bafana saying, I, I, we're not coping. We are not coping. So yeah, do uh, continue to send through those tweets, those tweets there on at Metro FMSA. But uh, we come back, uh, Kanya, to our story around the Adani Group. And uh, as we said, not an inconsequential firm, massive operation out in India. And uh, yeah, one of the short sellers here has come in uh, published a report which has moved asset values. Maskesh Kalab, what is a short seller uh, in equity markets? And more importantly, what is this short seller, Hindenburg Research, saying about the Adani Group? So a short seller is essentially someone who's taking the view that the, the shares of a particular company are going to go down. Um, and so they take a position to sort of then benefit when that eventually happens. Um, so some of the most famous um, short sellers that we have in history, it's Michael Berry, who took um, you know, that position when you were looking at the mortgage um, credit crisis in, South, in, uh, in America. Um, so that's essentially what short selling is. Mm. And when it comes to the Hindenburg group, um, you know, this, this is a group that has a reputation of actually taking down uh, a couple of notable companies. Mm. Um, the most recent being Nikola, the electric car manufacturer yes, that yes. literally, um, you know, was talking about how they are here to change the world, which is what a lot of these electrical car vehicle uh, companies will say. Um, and yeah, I mean, in June 2020, at some point, the share valuation of that company was sitting at about $34 billion. Um, and you had people, you know, still spurring it on, still talking about how oh, this could potentially be the next Tesla, so forth, so forth. At the moment, it's currently sitting at just over $1 billion. Um, that came as a result of that short seller report from Hindenburg. So it's definitely not inconsequential. Um, some of those companies that are tied to the Adani Group have already shaved off about $10 billion wow. in value. Um, so 
yeah, it's, it's a serious thing, and the allegations are, are quite serious and um, quite mind-boggling. You know, there's um, allegations of accounting um, fraud, there's allegations of undisclosed um, related party transactions where, you know, company money was being used in you know, inappropriate ways. Mm. Um, and there are a lot of things that, you know, you just, you just say, wow, there's a lot going on here. Um, but yeah, we give, we we definitely give the group the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, people, um, you know, if you're interested, should definitely have a look at that report. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess the report available on Hindenburg Research's website, uh, Hindenburg HindenburgResearch.com, H-I-N-D-E-N-B-U-R-G. Kanya, we'll have to leave it here for tonight. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, I cheers.